0: The place for the realest conversations. We know that there's corruption. Let's stop playing the good cop, bad cop. We know it's officers out here that's dirty, doing things they ain't supposed to do, and they wearing that badge. But without a badge and a gun, what do you got? Talking topics that need to be highlighted and discussed in our communities. Asians sell the hair, Arabs sell the gas, and all these other people, they have their spots. But then why don't we have a spot right. in our community that says, this is what we're doing? Unfiltered and unfazed. This is the Tory Lowe Show on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. This is a word that's listening to Bill Gates.
1: He ain't no doctor. Put that money in Tory Lowe's hand and watch these miracles app. I've never listened to talk radio before, but I can't turn off the truth. I said, you guys will call me
0: because I am not going away. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Tori Lowe. Justice Wisconsin, the truth, the The most requested advocate in the state, 101.7 FM, the movement continues, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee yeah. Stand, up, yeah. stand up It's Tori Low. the it's truth From 1 to 4 We got about that action So tap in and let's go Let's oh. go. We want that justice We want all the smoke yeah. From Monday through Friday Trying to bring the city hope yeah. Tori Lowe from 1 to 4 Monday through Friday Let's go We got that action from the block And we ready Let's go Tap, tap in. in And it ain't no holding back We, we ready. ready We ready 101.7 FM Tori Lowe Tori Lowe Show live from American Family Insurance Studio right here in Radio City. The movement continues. The marathon continues right here on 101.7 FM. Hey. All right, y'all. We got a guest, a special guest on the lines. Gwen Adams. Her son is Corey Adams who is a veteran and the story of Corey Adams takes place when Corey Adams went missing and the family was looking for Corey Adams and they couldn't find him. So they started this journey and he was eventually found um, and he had passed. I'm gonna let the family talk about this when Gwen gets online, but he was, he had passed and the family worked to pass a law a Corey Adams law that says if a veteran goes missing, he will be critically missing, and it would alert alert would go out. A green alert for veterans would go out. But joining me, Gwen Adams, the mother of Corey Adams, how you doing, Queen? I'm hanging in there. How about you? Hey. It's a blessing to have you on the show. Hey, to, this is like, this is like family on the lines right now. Gwen Adams, she's definitely one of the people that I've worked with in, in, out here in these streets, and she cooks the best soul food that you could ever have. Greens, chicken, cornbread. I mean, we we went through a lot together, but I'm gonna let you bring it in your own way. Um, can you tell us about your son? Corey
1: Adams. Um, Corey was from from jump. He was always a little man. Um, he um, and, and he was uh, very advanced in in uh, school. are going to school, he um, graduated from St. Agnes. Uh, he went to uh, Milwaukee Tech uh, as a uh, science major, and in that, he not only got his high school diploma, but he received a certificate in advanced math and chemistry. So Corey was really determined to go in service. I didn't want him to go because I always felt like something might happen. I didn't have a lot of trust in our uh, government with our military personnel because of just some personal things I had dealt with, with my father being in service, and we come from a military. But Corey um, was determined to go. He he uh, advanced in, in, in the um, Air Force. Uh, his job was in, he was in logistics. So even with him being active in the military, as well as when, which he served for 20 years active duty, four years, 20 years reserve, mm-hmm. four years active duty, when he... Um, when he ret- he retired because every time uh his unit they were asked for volunteers to go or they did the lottery he uh his he always seemed to get picked to go so he did uh time in uh saudi uh afghanistan uh, you know the
0: whole gulf war uh, thing. And he also was a- And about he also worked at the post office
1: yes he also very yes he was he worked at the post office and off and on he supervised he did it temporarily he did not want to do the full-time thing which they had asked him to do but um it was the last uh deployment and uh when cory came back and they let family members come they had a certain area of the uh airport blocked off for the families and so The first time, and usually they come back to their unit, uh, which used to be on college, but it was closed. So they were, uh, the 440th was reassigned down to Carolina, North Carolina for their duties. And Corey coming back, he, um, it was just something in his face, his eyes. Uh, Corey was always a positive person, willing to help anybody. And he still did that. And in that, it's still kind of slowly about, uh, maybe three, two, three years after that, uh, I started to notice a change in him. He mm-hmm. started kind of withdrawing and, uh, the things that he really enjoyed doing, like, uh, uh, working out and fishing, uh, that was his recreation in the way he said he was able to get his stress out. And so um, in noticing some changes, uh, he didn't want to talk about the military or anything. And so uh, his father suggested that he um, go to VA and be tested for to see if he had PTSD or something. And so evidently he did do that. I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. And then um one day i was over visiting with him and uh, a friend and it came out that he had just been diagnosed with ptsd and with that it uh i think things really escalated um in january of of 2014 and it just just kind of like slowly spiraled to things that just was not like Corey. He, his patience was short. Um, he wasn't like, uh, he wasn't violent, but it, he just was not Corey. And um, he was I was dealing to him with him at mental one issues. point. Yes, he was. He was dealing with some mental issues and working at the post office, which is stressful. Right. There are some things that I learned after all of this. Uh, if I had knew then what I knew, knew now, uh, we, we could have worked with things in a different manner.
0: Now, um, now, the day that he came that you noticed that he was missing, can you tell us what happened that day?
1: Sure. Uh, it was on a Monday. Corey, usually Monday and Tuesday were his off days. And um, about that October prior, we had, uh, I had, you know, gone over to Corey's home and I said, Corey, why don't you just shut your house down? We'll keep coming over and checking on it and you come home so that I can take care of you. I'll take you to your doctor's appointments uh if you uh, when you go to work, I will take you and pick you up. And so that's kind of where we were. Uh, and not that he couldn't drive and do that on his own. It was just, I guess, the mother instinct of trying to maybe if he came back home and stayed where he grew up, that uh, it would kind of help him get through this. Mm-hmm. And so he did. So by this time it is this is from October to March and Corey had been in and out of VA for different uh things uh related to his PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so, um that morning we got up he had a doctor's appointment at one o'clock out at VA <laughs> with their site I mean their uh PTSD uh Social, I mean, not PTSD, uh therapist. And so um, I had to go and run an errand. I left around 10 o'clock. And I came back just before 11. And it was, I don't know, it. like I said, a mother's instinct. As I turned the corner, I could just feel that there was something wrong. I came in the house quarries things have been uh for him to he was going to take a bath and cook his breakfast which i usually did Mm -hmm. and when i came in i didn't smell any food uh and then as i got came from the from the driveway into the house and i looked in the bathroom as i could see the towels were still there um and I called for Corey. He did not. He didn't answer, of course, because he wasn't here. And I went into his bedroom, and um, he just we. I went all over the house, looking, calling his name, and mm-hmm. and uh, at that point, then I went. I don't know. I ran outside. I looked down the street because sometimes he would walk across the street mm-hmm. to the store, and um, I didn't see him anywhere. And it was just by eleven o'clock. A little after 11, I called the police because I knew something was wrong. I told them my son was missing and that we needed, could they send a squad out to get, you know, information from us so we could start looking for him. And at first they said, we'll send somebody out. After a couple of hours, nobody came. I called back again. And then they told me that I was going to have to come in and do a report to do it there. By this time, my husband was home. I had called his sister, I had called my sister, and um, everybody was on alert that Corey was missing. So it went back and forth with the police, and I must have called them five or six times throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And they kept putting it off when you could come in and when you couldn't, when you couldn't come in until it got to be like 11, 10, 11 o'clock in the evening, and we still had nothing other than the phone calls. With the police. So my husband did go in late that evening and filled out a, um, uh, a report. As they say, a missing person's report, but you can't actually file one. They don't consider a person missing until 48 hours. Well, you know, in anything, which the police are saying now, you hear it on the news all the time, the first few hours of somebody being missing or abducted is the most crucial time.
0: Right, and, and he so, was a veteran, and he couldn't get the yes. immediate attention. That's what right. was so disturbing about this whole thing. He went out to served his country. Now when he needed the police to respond on his behalf, right. they did not take the initiative to respond.
1: Correct. And that's what I told them. I said, my son risked his life going over there to protect his country, which he truly believed in, so that you can have the job and position that you have and choose who you're going to, who you're going to take care of and serve, he, you have that right to do that because he's worked to help keep this country safe. Facts. And there was all kind of little smart remarks or whatever. You could hear them, well, let me put the, they said, well, hold on. They laid the phone down, and I could hear the kind of the background gibber between the this particular uh, officer that took wow. the uh, call. Then he passed the phone to a young lady, and I have all that paperwork here, and she took down the information, and, us, and we called every day, I called every day, all day, for, it took eight days wow. for the police to respond, and the reason I believe they came was because it was on the news.
0: Right. Now, I got, I got a call from the family saying that he was missing, and I don't know if that was in between the eight days or not.
1: It was in between the eight days because it it uh, from being black all my life, uh, the, being a part of the uh, protests and riots and things in the in the '60s or whatever. I already knew that when a crisis happens, you have to take it upon yourself to do what you know you need to do for your family in terms of search. Right. You know, and um, with them not coming out here, if we had. I'm like, we can't wait for them to come. It's time for us to go right. into action.
0: Because I remember so, when you, when I got a call from you and, and Carmen, you said that you guys right. was trying to find Corey. And at that time, we didn't know if the police was going to do anything or not. Correct. So,
1: right. No, we didn't know anything because they hadn't responded. And like I said, when they did come on that eighth day, it was like 5 o'clock in the evening. Right. By oh, that I time, think it was
0: because we had made a big fuss about it, and we did a couple right. search parties. We had did about right. two search parties, I think, at that point, and the Correct. community started coming out looking for him. It was a lot of people moving around trying to find out where he was.
1: Correct. Even um, there were some a group from the post office. They even started a search. Right. Uh, there was just a few of different groups of whatever people that we knew, and they were looking. even some of uh, the older guys that Corey was in reserve with, that was in the 440th with him, they were on the south side. They were even looking for him. My brother went out to a lot of the uh, – where veterans, I guess, have some of the homeless veterans that hang out over on National and the different churches that sponsor these veterans with food and stuff. He even went to the various churches in that area and um, community groups that work with veterans to see had he been through there. We had, as you know, we had posters made up. We were even on uh, Miller Parkway. We did right. a search. Uh, from there by VA. And, um, I mean, even our insurance agent that knows us, saw it on the news or whatever, he, they, he was even looking for Corey, and he works out in Waukesha. It, it was just amazing the uh, people that responded trying to help.
0: And and then when he was eventually located? When was he eventually located?
1: He was eventually, he went missing March, uh, March 20th. Of uh, twenty uh, seven, six, six seventeen his body was found April seventh in the in, in name park uh, by that little bridge there. Um, I have friends that live in that area, some even live directly across the street that that take walks through that park that um, uh, jog through the park or whatever, and they said they never saw Corey over there. Mm. And when his body was found, he did not have. Uh, he did not. He, there was a pack of cigarettes. I was told that was on his on his back. I have that pack of cigarettes, and there's no water. There was no water in there.
0: Mm. Wow. There
1: it's are a lot of things that are mysterious. very mysterious.
0: Very, very mysterious death. And when we come back, I want you to talk about how you you and your family were able to resolve. Or try to bring some type of resolve to the situation. So, uh, once again, we're on the lines with Gwen Adams, the mother of Corey Adams, and we're talking right here on Tory Lowe. You are listening to The Tory Lowe Show, and we bout that action on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Y'all you know what it is? This is Tory Lowe Show. We're all from one to four. MGM Leaf, boy, where you at, player? I'm crazy cause I'd rather carry heat than be carried away I gotta keep my gun, I can't let them boys take me away Come in the crowd with 50Ks for can judge me Saw demons ish, that devil switch. Gotta watch who you stepping with, cause this and you to heaven, quick. You gotta watch who you sleep with at night. Cause these dogs ain't right, they just be desperate for the Need them, then they out of sight. I love you, I risk my life. Yo, loved ones put you in front of their problem like some headlights. Some headlight. Don't get caught at that red light. Look both sides, cause bullets will come inside. The god and devil on my shoulder, but the devil closer. I won't got to push him over. He taking drugs, the drugs taking over. Don't be gambling with your life. Tori Lowe Show, here we so go! 101.7 FM, Tory Low, Tori Low Show. On the lines with us is this Gwen Aww. Adams, the, the mother of Corey Adams. Man. And Corey Adams was a veteran who uh, went missing. The family eventually found him, passed away in Deneen Dine- in Park, but had little help from the Milwaukee Police Department until things were stirred up to the point where They had to pay attention to the situation, but joining us on the lines is his mother, Gwen Adams, and I want her to finish telling us what took place after we found her son in Deneen Park. How you doing, Queen?
1: Oh, I'm I'm good, and you?
0: Yeah, okay, so before we went to break, you were telling us that your son was found in Deneen Park and the death was kind of mysterious. The death was mysterious. It was definitely Mm -hmm. definitely mysterious. And Mm -hmm. what took place after that? What was the action after that? When Corey's body was
1: found, um, actually, I received a call from someone stating that a body had been found in Deneen Park early that morning. And I didn't really think anything about it. Uh, and then I kept getting calls from different people, uh, saying that, uh, I don't know what we, if it was on the new, on the news or, uh, I think it was on the news. And, um, so my, and then when my sister called and she was like, uh, Gwen, we just, I've, Keep getting calls about a body being found in Deneen. I think you need to go over there. So I'm like, well, why? I mean, I don't think it's not Corey. Um, but anyway, I got dressed. I went over there and we're over across Melvina, across 60th Street and Melvina to that area right there at 60 or 65th, I think it is, and uh, Melvina. So when we get there, there is a is a uh, cadet police officer police young ladies there and um, we, I get parked my truck, I get out and she goes, "Uh, you can't go over there. And I said, why? And she said, "Uh, uh, we're not letting anybody over in that area. So I told her who I was and she said, well, I was told not to let anybody in. So I stood there for a while pacing around and then I went around, tried to go around the thing. At this point, some other, some detectives come from down in that area And they come and, I mean, when you really looked over, there had to be about 10 or 15 ununiformed Supposedly detectives there, all the way at the top of the hill where uh, the, the entrance into the school mm-hmm. on the opposite side where the name park is. There is the fire department, uh, some police officers are up there and whatever. And it's everything. They, they stayed there. We were dealing with uh, the detectives and then a young lady from the from, uh, medical examiner's office. And they said we found a body, and we need you to identify it. But they never let—they would never let me go down there. So she came back, and they kept coming back and forth. And each one of the, each time a different detective came, they had a different story. Mm, wow. And so. Um, Uh, One was the body had been there all the time, and I know that wasn't true because my sister had been over there, my brother had been through Deneen Park, Carmen, Corey's sister, the police, supposedly, and then that area is uh, patrolled by the sheriff's department through the park. And so had his body been there, they would have found it. And then that's also the way I would go to uh, Highway 100 was to go through Deneen Park, instead of using Capital Drive. Mm. And so from that, um, they took, she took some pictures. And uh, when she come back with her phone, she showed me several pictures. And I'm like, no, that's not. And it was just the pictures of, like, somebody's uh, arm, flesh, or something like that. Then she brought back a picture that had, Corey had a, a red Doberman named Giorgio. And he had Giorgio's head, face tattooed on his left on a, uh, just above his heart uh, on his left side. And when she showed that, that's when I knew it was Corey. Wow. Other than that, that was the only time I saw any part of Corey's body or Corey. We were never allowed to identify him to this day. The last time I saw my son was March 20th when I left to go run some errands. And I left that morning always hugged him and kissed him, told him, uh, I'll be right back. And that was the last time I saw him. The medical examiner would not let us identify his body. They said, wait until the he's picked up by the uh, funeral director, whoever you're going to have come and pick up his body. They would not let me identify his body.
0: Wow. And now, When all of this is taking place, for the sake of time, because we only have so much time to try to get this huge Mm -hmm. story out here, Um, from there, what made you guys determine to get the green alerts passed to stop this from happening to veterans?
1: To me, okay, I said, you know what? Y'all have just messed with the wrong family. This is not going to be the end of this. We're going to do whatever we have to do to make for sure another family doesn't have to experience what we did. Because if— me, you have a right to look for your veterans when they come back if something happens. But anyway, uh, we have a cousin that's in, first of all, I want to really thank you for everything that you have done to help our family. And if I don't know if we didn't get connected with you the way that w- we did, that things would have turned out the way they did. But because of your dedication to our family and us working together, we got a hold to um, senator La- latonya johnson and we went we made an appointment uh we also have a cousin uh antoine who is a advocate in the city and um we got an appointment with her we went into her office and we told her our story mm-hmm. and she remembered some of the things that were on tv from that immediately she called her office in madison they she got on it right away her and her assistant uh, I call her Miss Shannon. And from there, we started getting signatures. We started uh, going down to City Hall. Uh, Alderman uh, Keith Keith Rainey was very uh, active in helping us get things or alerting us to different uh, meetings or uh, meetings down at City Hall that you need to be a part of with the Fire and Police Commission and whatever. So we did that. And then we uh, had to go to Madison to present uh, our appeal to them for the green alert. And we had we went up there several times. In that, we started that uh, that fall. It took less than a year for the green alert to be passed, right. and it is it has it's implemented now. In the state it has of been implemented. Yes. In the state of Wisconsin, anybody that wants to follow this or, or get any more information that we were not able to cover here, all you have to do is Google Green Alert Corey Adams Searchlight Act, or you can just Google Corey Adams, or you can Google the Green Alert. And you'll see on. we were interviewed by the Washington Post. Uh, we were on briefly on CNN via uh, a meeting when we had to go before their committee up there. Uh, they took inserts from there, and the Washington Post posted it and uh, on CNN. And um, I'm just thankful that the law, and it did pass bipartisan, that it has taken effect. We have also been in contact with um, uh, uh, four other states that have – taken on some form of the green alert and passed it. We've also been in touch with our, um, with Gwen Moore, Senator Gwen Moore's office. Uh, She's been working with us to try to get the green alert passed to be a federal law to make it mandatory. And we're still working on that uh, bill right now.
0: Mm. And this is just a blessing to be a part of that whole experience and actually, you know, see it come to fruition and the thing is we still got to get the green alerts across the country and like you said uh, Gwen Moore is actively involved in trying to make that happen what do you want the people to know about your son and the situation once again we're talking to Gwen Adams the mother of Corey Adams a veteran who went missing and was found uh, passed away and the response to his uh, missing was a huge concern for the family they wanted to make sure that when a veteran goes missing he gets immediate critical uh critical missing status so he can get the help right away but you guys were able to get the green alerts enacted and what do you want people to understand about your son and the situation
1: the situation is now, thanks to, uh, at the time, uh, Assistant Police Chief uh, Banks. Um, we gave him the information about the green alert. He had a, uh, a criteria set. So the green alert is, suppo- is supposed to be posted in all of the police precincts, along with the amber alert, the silver alert, and the green alert, with the criteria that it needs to be in order for it to be, um, enacted. Um, the green alert has been enacted, uh, all over the state of Wisconsin. And as to date, it's been, we get alerts about that. It has saved, uh, a 30, just under 40, 30, like 35, 36 veterans have been found as a result of the green alert being issued. Only one veteran was not found. And the family said that they knew it wouldn't be, be, they probably At some point, we're not going to find him because that was a pattern. To me, when our veterans come back, just like when our our, uh, astronauts go into space and they come back and they have like uh, two weeks that they are, uh, say, uh, briefed or uh, exit, they need to do that with our veterans. You can't take them out of a out of a war setting and then bring them back into what's so-called or whatever our civilization is right now and expect, expect him to just go back to normal without some type of help.
0: Facts. Facts.
1: You know. Yes, yes. And there is, I don't remember the state, but there is a state that they do do that. When their veterans come back, they see their families, but they go like to a camp to where they can talk about their feelings, what has happened to them, and to see if they need any any help. And I just think that that's also something that needs to be uh, a part of uh, the returns from uh, the wars. Or serving in the military, period. It's a lot of stuff that goes on we don't even know about. Friendly fire and all these other things.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Queen, I appreciate you for coming on the show. And like I said, uh, you know, to get it, passed across the United States would be a huge uh, legacy for Corey Adams that his death didn't, didn't happen in vain.
1: And there is a, uh, what is it, uh, the .org that you can sign a petition for the Green Alert?
0: Is that change.org? It,
1: yeah, change.org. There is a petition on there that, that people can go to and sign. For, so when we do, because it, it's going to get passed. When right. we do go to Washington, we'll have all those signatures.
0: Okay. So, like I said, it, and, and like I said, we'll keep everybody up to date on this situation because this is an ongoing situation, and we can't wait until the it becomes a federal law.
1: Right, right, right. We, it needs to... It's really. I know we have. We really have a lot going on in our community, in the world right now. It's something that just needs to be implemented for our veterans, because I don't think we've even begun to see just how much it has affected uh, our veterans uh, with the PTSD. You hear about it every day.
0: Right. And we got to And we got to make sure we take care of our veterans, because when we have veterans in the community, like I said, I mean, we got to do everything possible. That's why I was shocked that um, your son didn't get the service from the police department when it first took place. So I immediately wanted to take action to try to make sure that we did our part to bring him to, you know, bring him back home.
1: Yes. And um, Corey was a technical sergeant in in the Air Force. Uh, like I said, over logistics. But as a result of this, this, the green alert is not even the end for what our family is doing. We also have a a group home for uh, homeless veterans that need a place to stay called Corey's Place. Corey's aunt, they just opened up uh, last week, and they have several veterans in there now. And they are offered services. Uh, They need transportation to their doctors and whatever. And so that's another extension of what we're trying to do to help veterans. And this is not the end of it either. Mm, Our family plans on doing a documentary. Oh, and then in February, um, the Milwaukee... uh, county the aldermen and the county supervisors they're dedicating an area in dene park a uh a bench that our, we our family is going to be paying for along with some contributions uh we're supposing it, where they found uh, Corey's body oh wow and so that's supposed to take place in uh, I think September 26th which is his birthday if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken but I can keep you up to date yes, on yes definitely
0: hey, hey look call in anytime let me know what's going on with the movement because like I said this is something that's going to create a legacy and help so many people and have already helped a lot of veterans because we got to understand yes. that some of these veterans when they come back and they have mental health issues and they wander off, it should no way be where a veteran wanders off and don't get the service that they need to bring them back home.
1: Absolutely. Because when they're overseas, no man left behind. But in the United States, it's just like, whatever.
0: Hey, hey the truth is sometimes, is, is, is sometimes when you tell the truth, a lot of people don't want to hear, but hey, we got to let people know so we can make the changes.
1: Yes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And I thank you again for giving us, our family, the opportunity to uh, let the community know what's going on with our veterans and the Green Alert Law.
0: All right. Well, God bless you, and I'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you. God bless you.
0: When we come back, we'll have more discussions right here on Tory Lowe. Stay tapped in.